Now I get to try to talk. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so lots of amazing memories made, and um, I'm sure that we'll be sharing more stories and photos and things online in the weeks to come as those come our way. So um, to those of you that came, thank you. Thank you for everything that you've done to make that happen. Um, so this morning, we're going to take a hard right, <laughs> hard left, whatever, into uh, our series on Matthew. Uh, we're in the 12-part series where we're spending time in the teachings of Jesus. Quick recap, last week Lee took us through uh, the Beatitudes. We learned that the road to the greatest blessings uh, are the most is the most difficult to travel. Case in point, right? Um, then that was the first week. And then last Sunday, we talked about seeing the kingdom of God above all else and how transformation begins with letting go and grabbing a hold. And so if you, ha if you didn't get to hear those, I would encourage you to go back and listen or watch the replay so that you can catch all of that. Um, today, we're going to look at a portion of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, so I buy pineapple and cantaloupe fairly often. We love to have fresh fruit in our house. And um, you would think that this means I'm pretty decent at choosing a good one, but not necessarily the case. So um, not too long ago, I decided that the cantaloupe that we had on the counter was ready to cut into. I think it's time, right? And so I was so looking forward to what was going to be inside. And as I began to cut it, a not-so-pleasant odor began to emerge. And I thought, well, maybe it's just a bad spot. You know, sometimes there's just a little part of it that's icky. I can cut it out, and then I can, you know, eat the rest. Um, but when I opened it, it didn't even look bad on the inside. It looked pretty decent. So I cut off a piece to try it and immediately spit it back out. <laughs> this is not good. And there was none of it that was good. The whole thing had to go in the trash. Sad day. Um, it tasted moldy and gross. So God uses um, fruit as a metaphor quite a bit to describe uh, what our lives produce based on what our hearts believe and love. Right? So we can lie with our lips. We can um, lie with our outward behavior. And we might look good but our inward fruit will eventually reveal itself. When you try to identify trees, sometimes the bark and the leaves may even be too similar for you to differentiate between two kinds of trees, but once the fruit begins to grow, there's no mistaking it. Right? And when the lemon comes out, we know that's a lemon tree. So there's no mistaking it by the fruit. We know for sure. Um, so we also know that we're saved by faith and not by works. So why is Jesus, why does Jesus talk about the fruit that we produce so much? Why is it so important? We're going to talk about that, but I want to pray first. Uh, Jesus, I just pray that you would reveal your word to us in a way that we can retain, that we can, um, we can act on. God, make it come alive in us. Lord, I pray that you would light up certain areas, Lord, that we need to see more clearly, that maybe you're trying to show us. 
Holy Spirit, come and let your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to read Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 to 20. Probably a familiar passage to some of you. And Jesus is speaking, and he says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. So we all bear fruit, right? Jesus is saying that's how we can identify others, that's how we can identify ourselves, is the fruit that we bear. So our main point today is actually a question. And it is, what kind of fruit are you producing? Or you're going to ask yourself, what kind of fruit am I producing? And even more so, what kind of fruit would your family or friends say you are producing? Because assessing our own fruit shouldn't be done in isolation. We, our pride can distort things in, in both exalting and condemning ways. We, we can minimize the plank in our own eye while we're seeing the speck on another's. Um, the people that know us best can give us a better evaluation. And we also need their encouragement in order to stay aware of what we may not see on our own. Right? Because we don't always see it. Or... We're focused on what we feel is com bad fruit coming from us, and we don't see the good. So we need help with that. And when Jesus says fruit, he's, he's referring to the list that we find in Galatians 5, 22 to 23 of what the Spirit produces in us, right? So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's fruit. Are those evident in my life? Are those the things that are coming forth the most in my life? These are the things that we'll see produced by our lives if we're living by the Spirit. And it's, it can be easy for a while to put on a good show. We can say the right things. We can present a version of ourselves that looks really good. But eventually, what's inside will come out. Or it will start to stink like that cantaloupe. You will start to stink. And we don't want to just look like his disciples. We want to act like his disciples. We want to be his disciples. We want to bear good fruit. We want to produce what we read in Galatians. So let's talk about what will enable us to do that. And you guys, this is, it's so basic. It really is. It, following Jesus is simple, but it's not easy all the time. So as we go through this, I just encourage you to listen to what the Holy Spirit would say to you about your specific fruit. So the first thing is this. Pursue intimacy with God. In that passage, Jesus talks about wolves in sheep's clothing. And most of the time when he talks about that, he's referring to the Pharisees. Because they were always concerned about the outward appearance. Right? How did they appear to everyone else? Because they pursued religion and power though and jesus continually called them on it <laughs> over and over and over 
So they looked like they were doing all the right things. They were following the law, but the inside stunk. They were not producing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, right? They were producing something else. Jesus even said everything they did was for show. And in Matthew 23, 25, he talks about how they're careful to clean the outside of the dish, but inside they're filthy. So they can't produce good fruit because the inside is rotten. And the only way to not have the inside be rotten is to have intimacy with God. John 15, verses 4 to 5 says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So it's all about relationship with God and it's not a casual one. It's about intimacy. It's about remaining in him. To remain is a verb. It is an action word indicating that this is not a one-time occurrence. Okay, now I belong to Jesus. Now I'm saved, so I'm going to produce good fruit. It's not a one-time thing. It is an ongoing action, an ongoing dependency in Christ, on Christ to remain in him. So we all know the difference between our superficial relationships and our intimate relationships in our lives, right? our close ones. It's, it's more than knowledge about the other person. It is even more than experiences with the other person. The difference is trust. So I can know all kinds of things about Lee, and I can even share experiences with Lee, but if I don't trust Lee, do we have an intimate relationship? No. Right? We have people in our lives that, I mean, even if you went to camp, you had amazing experiences together, and that bonds you. And you know things about that person, but does that mean you trust them 100%? Maybe, but maybe not. So that's what, the way it is with the Lord. Like, if we are trying to do things in our own strength, if we're trying to make our own decisions without consulting him, if we're not considering what he wants, but if we're focused on our, a good presentation, then we're not going to produce great fruit. It's all about stoking the flames of our love for him. And if we're walking closely with Jesus and if we're remaining in him, we can't help but produce good fruit. It's just going to happen, right? If we're pursuing that relationship and not putting on a show, and as we rest in his love for us and we continually grow in love for him, good things are going to flow. The fruit's just going to come because of his spirit on the inside of us. So pursue that intimacy with him. Next, be willing to walk the narrow road. So if we go back a few scriptures in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about the narrow gate and the narrow road. And he says that they are what lead to life. So we like the gate to be wide, don't we? We like it to be easy. We like the road to be smooth and wide. It's 
much simpler to serve a God who allows us a whole lot of wiggle room to do what we want, and we'll just ask for forgiveness. Um, we want to be able to justify our actions. But I honestly believe that it's going to become harder to follow Jesus the further we get in this life. If you haven't noticed, it's getting harder. The road has always been narrow, but lately feels a whole lot more narrow. It feels that way because the world's road is getting a whole lot wider. <laughs> so we feel like we're walking a tightrope in order to follow Jesus. And Jesus says that his burden is light, so that, that's not why this is going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult because we believe that wrong is wrong and right is right. Sin is sin. And Jesus never promised it would be easy. In fact, he promised the opposite, that it was going to be hard. So we have to be willing to look different from the world. We have to be willing to make hard decisions that aren't popular. We have to be willing for people to misjudge us because we're following Jesus. And think about the disciples and as they followed Jesus, think about all the, the persecution that they faced. And we're no different. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't ever sin or make mistakes. We could think about people like Aaron, who made the golden calf, or uh, David and Bathsheba, right? Or um, Peter even denied Jesus. Um, but when confronted, the difference with these people is that when they were confronted, they repented. And that repentance was good fruit. Out of that repentance comes good fruit. So we have to be willing to look different from the world and to come out of it and walk that narrow path to life. And so that leads me to our last point, and that is to stay anchored in the truth. Now, this is the truth, not your truth, not someone else's truth that you listen or listen to or follow. The truth. That's the one anchor we have in this world. We know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So someone or something is always discipling you or shaping you. Think about what things right now in your life are discipling you. What are you listening to the most? What are you paying the most attention to? Is it the news? Is it social media? Is it Netflix? Is it your peers? Someone's discipling you. And there's really no way to know what is true and what's not unless you're anchored in God's truth. So when you're anchored in his truth, when things come your way that you're like, I'm not sure, I don't know, Jesus will lead you into that truth. Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth, it says in John 16, 13. So because he is the way, the truth, and the life, that's, we have to stay in his truth. The more unclear the world becomes on what is true, the more we need to be firmly rooted in 
the truth of the word of God. It will keep us from being carried by every wind of doctrine, it says in Ephesians 4. Um, Colossians 2, verses 6 and 9 says, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense. Anybody hearing high-sounding nonsense lately? High-sounding nonsense. Empty philosophies, right? That come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots go down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. And you know, it may sound narrow-minded and you will probably be called narrow-minded. But Jesus said the road was narrow. And that narrow road actually leads to freedom. That's where freedom is found. That's where more joy and more peace and more hope is found. As soon as I anchor myself in God's truth and stop wondering, is that true? No, maybe I got it wrong. Maybe this is true. Or maybe maybe I need to change my way of thinking from this seems too narrow. That's where the lack of peace and the anxiety comes in, right? But, but when we stay close to him and his truth and, and stay close to the vine, we have that freedom to just rest in him, to know he's leading and guiding us every step of the way. And that leads us full circle back to intimacy with him. I told you, it's all so simple. <laughs> I know, you didn't come to church to hear, get close to God, but that's what you have, I mean, that's what we have to do. We can't just act like we're Christians. We have to walk with him. Let him lead us and guide us. Let him take our hand and, and walk us through it. I mean, I know it's a cliche, but what would Jesus do? <laughs> we, have to, we have to think that way. Like, in this situation, what would Jesus do? That's what's going to lead us on the right path. And when we're in, intimate with him, we're going to know what he would say about this or that. Most situations, I don't even have to ask Lee what he thinks. I know, probably, I'm pretty sure what he's going to say because I know him. I know him well. And vice versa. So we can, a lot of times, even just answer for the other. And that's how it can be with Jesus. When we know him and he's on the inside of us and he's working through us, like, I know what Jesus would say or do because I know him. So knowing that truth and acting on it is going to produce good fruit. And not only is that going to keep you rooted, but then you're going to be able to reflect him to the world. And that's what, what our world needs is for us to reflect Jesus. They need to see Jesus in us to help others find hope in him. People will see him in you. They will be able to see hope. So let's go back to those questions that we need to ask ourselves. What kind of fruit am I producing? 
And what kind of fruit would the people closest to me say that I'm producing? Is it strife and conflict? Is it confusion or anxiety? Or is it peace? Is it joy? Are others seeing Christ reflected in me? And sure, that fluctuates from day to day, but overall, what kind of fruit are you producing? Where am I doing things my own way? Because that's when we veer off, isn't it? When we start to try to do things our own way and our own strength and we're not producing his fruit. And where have I veered into ideas that don't reflect his truth? So I just want to take a few minutes and pray into that and let the Holy Spirit speak to you so that we can, I mean, that's basically just wanted to have some time to let him um, clear the fog and bring some clarity to us. So let's do that. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come. Father, we are open to hear what you would say about the fruit that we are producing. And Lord, if there are things that we're allowing to shape us or disciple us that are not rooted in your truth, would you show us? And would you give us the grace to let those things go by the wayside? to replace them with you, with your truth. We want to be people who reflect you to the world around us, to reflect truth to the world around us. Speak to us.